You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by my friend Chris Flum, and we are going to break down the cornerback position here for the New York football giants in this great year of 2022. And I have to say, Chris, the secondary as a whole, but we're focusing on the cornerbacks, but the secondary as a whole with the losses to Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, and obviously James Bradbury really makes the 2022 secondary a much bigger question than the 2021 secondary. And that is compounded by the fact that Wink Martindale really needs the cornerback specifically to hold up in coverage to make this system work well. Are you worried about this fact, Chris? I'm not sure how you can't have at least a little kernel of worry with the giant secondary. And I, the cornerback position in particular, but I, I think we could say the secondary as a whole. Not to say that the players the Giants are have right now at the top of their depth chart can't play, because they absolutely can play. But what we have seen from them is in a very different system, a, a very different coverage philosophy. Yeah. Patrick Graham, he loved basically baiting offenses into making mistakes. That is not what Wig Martindale does. He wants to get right up in offense's face, punch them in the mouth, and put a hat on the hat, say, our guys are better than your guys. Come on, try to beat us. And we just haven't seen (laughs) the Giants' defensive backs collectively play in that kind of a scheme with that kind of a philosophy before on top of they've got injury concerns at a couple different positions and just depth concerns in general. So I, I think approaching the position with at least a little bit of caution is prudent. It's the prudent way to go about things. And James Bradbury, the, the giants signed him to start 2020 and he was phenomenal in his two seasons with the New York Giants. I mean, he was very opportunistic in his first season in 2020. I would say that's the season that a lot of people would say was his his best year here, and I would agree. He had a 56.4% catch rate last season in 2021. He had a 65.2, gave up almost 300 more yards, averaged more yards per catch, a lot of yak against him, gave up eight touchdowns, but he still in 2021 had four picks and 13 PBUs. He was still getting to the catch point. I always felt like he was best in zone coverage when he can use his key and diagnose ability to see routes develop in front of him and then react based on his film study and his instincts to set routes. I think that's when James Bradbury is at his best, but he's no longer here, Chris. And it's really unfortunate 
And now with Dory Jackson, somebody who I felt like was a very, very strong number two cornerback on a team, gets just propelled up to the number one spot. And I think he's a sol- he can be a solid number one cornerback if he stays healthy. I felt like he looked great when he was healthy last year for the New York Giants in terms of playing man coverage. But what is your overall assessment of having a Dory Jackson as your number one cornerback? And then we'll get into what is happening behind a Dory Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I think it is fair to say that last year was the best year of a Dory Jackson's career, uh, dating back to his time at USC. He was really, as you said, a very, very strong number two corner. And part of that was he had James Bradbury opposite him. And Bradbury, as you said, was just excellent at keeping the play in front of him, reading the play, baiting quarterbacks into making ill-advised throws to receivers they thought were open, and then slamming the door shut on those passes. And then that really just... All, that allowed Jackson to use his athletic traits to just lock down the number two receiver and convince quarterbacks to go back to whoever James Bradbury was covering. But now Adoree Jackson's going to be the guy. He is going to be, well, likely to be matched up on the other team's best receiver on every play and he does have the experience the versatility to follow those guys whether or not they move into the slot or you know flanker x wherever they line up he can line up across from them but the pressure is going to be on him now and it is good i suppose that the type of coverage schemes that martindale favors do play towards jackson's strengths that is tight man coverage where he can use his long speed, his quick feet, fluid hips to just get into phase and stay with receivers. But as you said, he also does have that injury risk where he has missed significant time in quite a few seasons. And, you know, that also puts pressure on the rest of the giants corners to be a good depth chart. Yeah, Dory Jackson allowed 55% catch rate last season, two touchdowns, had five PBUs, had the one interception. He's going to be 27 at like week two or week three this year. So he is just entering his prime. And I do believe if he stays healthy, we can see the best version of a Dory Jackson. There was a play last year where it was against Tyreek Hill, obviously playing the Chiefs, where I felt like the Chiefs did a really good job getting the middle of the field safety. I think it was Xavier McKinney to, to bite to the boundary side and it left Tyree kill isolated against Adoree Jackson with the middle of the field wide open and Tyree kill just exploded down the middle of the field. And ironically enough, Pat Mahomes kind of underthrew it, I think a little bit, but Adoree Jackson did such a good job restricting the space, getting to the near hip and then undercutting the pass for a PBU. And that's the capability that Adoree Jackson shows. And I remember when the Giants signed him. I went through a bunch of his film with the Titans, and there was a rep he had against Tyreek Hill where he flipped his hips so effortlessly and got in phase and stayed right in the hip pocket of Tyreek Hill. You know how difficult it is to do that, to execute that specific assignment? It's one of the most difficult assignments you can do as a cornerback in the NFL. So the fact that he has that athletic capability 
is such a plus for Dory Jackson. And I hope that he can maintain that. And it's something man coverage press, he can do. And I'm looking forward to him doing it. But this is still a significant, this is still a step down from James Bradbury, I will say. And it's especially a step down when you look at the second cornerback spot. I'm a big fan, Chris, of Aaron Robinson. And I've remained optimistic, hopefully optimistic that he can execute this role well as a starting cornerback. I think he can, but we haven't seen it consistently enough yet. And I did a whole piece, Chris, on Big Blue View. It dropped maybe about a month ago on Aaron Robinson and what it looks like for him to be a starter on the outside. I think this can work out, but it's definitely not a certainty and there's going to be lumps. But what do you think about Aaron Robinson as a second starting cornerback on this team? I think he has the physical ability to do it. You know, he's got decent size, 5'11", yeah, 5'11", 186 pounds. Uh, His arms are a little bit on the short side, 30 inches, 30 and a quarter inches. But he's got the straight line speed to carry receivers vertically. He's definitely got the physicality to play in Martindale's defense. He can deliver good, hard jams that you need for press coverage. I just... Like I said, it's just his play on the outside is enough of an unknown that it does give me a little bit of pause. I don't, I definitely don't want to say he can't do it. He's got to be a slot, but there just isn't that much tape on him. And going from slot to outside, that is an adjustment. And he isn't going to be facing, you know, number three, number four receivers anymore. He will be facing the number two receiver or potentially the number one receiver, depending on how things shake out. So again, there's going to be more pressure on him. He is going to be facing probably more expansive route trees and not just underneath check down passes, that sort of thing. So there is, I think there's going to be some questions for him. Hopefully he can answer them. I'm hoping he can answer them too. I, I remain optimistic, but this position, it's very volatile, the cornerback position. You can have a great game and then just an absolutely terrible game, and then you start hearing the New York media get on you. I mean, all of that can realistically happen, so you really need to be hyper-focused on your craft and try to tune out the outside noise, which is difficult when you're a 23-year-old freaking kid. I mean, you're just, you're, you're a kid <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so that's what Aaron Robinson's going to have to deal with this year. There's going to be a lot of pressure put on this young man's shoulders. I hope he can rise to the occasion. I think he is a unique secondary asset who can play outside. And that needs to be substantiated consistently, which we have not seen. I think you can play the slot. I think you can put him in the box. I think there's a lot you can do with Aaron Robinson. But I do believe, just looking over the rest of this depth chart, he should receive the first crack, which it seems like he will receive the first crack as the starting outside cornerback. But if you look at this roster, is there anybody else that you believe should compete with him for the starting spot next to Adore Jackson? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, I think Darnay Holmes could probably do that just because he does have experience as an outside cornerback, you know, going back to college. I think I have him penciled in as the slot corner for first, but just given how fluid the rest of the Giants depth chart is at cornerback, I think they should try every combination they can in training camp and in preseason, and then just roll with whichever one is best, whichever one works out best. Maybe we could see Aaron Robinson move over to the slot, Darnay Holmes play on the outside. Maybe we will see Cordell Flott overtake Darnay Holmes in the slot. Maybe we could see Julian Love, kind of, who has experience as a cornerback, him play outside or in the slot some as opposed to the safety position where he's penciled in now. It, this is going to be a very, very fluid situation. I think the only thing we know for sure is that Adoree Jackson is going to be one of the starting outside corners. Yes, and hopefully he remains healthy because that's like the big concern with me, I think, is if Adoree Jackson goes down, which is something he's done quite often in his career – the Giants lack so much depth. And we talked about this in the last podcast with the linebackers, Chris. I think it tracks here as well. I think the Giants, it, they're going to be looking for cornerback help at final cuts. And we could see maybe somebody who's going to play a significant amount of snaps who is not on the roster currently. I can easily see that happening. Yeah, and the concern is definitely with Dory Jackson and injury and his injury history. Just going back, you know, he had a – a concussion in 2018. Okay, that happens. Then he ha- then he sprained his foot twice in 2019. Uh, that wound up costing him six games. He had a sprained a sprained patellar tendon in his knee in 2020. That cost him. That landed him on the injured reserve. He missed 13 games. Then he had uh, a sprained ankle in August. Last because we had that break last year between the third preseason game and the start of the regular season. But then he had a quad strain in November, and that cost him four games. So it, at this point, it almost seems likely that Adore Jackson is going to get hurt. And I just hope the Giants have a good backup plan for when it happens. There's two veterans that the Giants brought in who were not here last year. One of them has experience with Wink Martindale, and that is Maurice Kennedy, who was on the Dallas Cowboys last season. And then there's Michael Jaquette, who was with Philadelphia last year. If we look at Kennedy, I did a breakdown of Kennedy's game on Big Blue View about two months ago, if anybody wants to go and check it out. To me, he's somebody who can play man coverage, but he's grabby in and out of breaks. And some of the best film that I saw from him 
was I believe in 2020 when he was with Baltimore. There was this play that he had in the slot against I believe it was Jarvis Landry where he did such an excellent job playing a whip route, a pivot route at the goal line. And then he played through the catch point with that outside hand with inside hand control, just like Jerome Henderson would teach it. And it was an excellent play, but there were also warts. And that's kind of what we're talking about with a lot of these veterans. You can throw Khalil Dorsey into that conversation as well. Somebody else who's a little bit of a slot guy, went to Northern Arizona, was undrafted in 2020, went to the Baltimore Ravens for two seasons, a five foot, 970 pound, 24 year old guy. All three of these veterans, Jaquette, Kennedy and Dorsey, I think they'll all have the chance to compete, but what will their role ultimately be and how many snaps are the New York Giants looking to utilize these players who are all unproven, who are all undrafted dudes? And I think Kennedy, he's the one I've watched the most film on. I think there is a avenue where he can end up playing and being a an adequate type of player, but there's going to be some yellow laundry thrown on the field. And I just feel like this is a, a huge role that could be inherited by one of these three players and there is not a long consistent track record of success with these guys yeah i think it is interesting with maurice kennedy michael jaquette they're both bigger corners i believe kennedy's but what uh six one uh yeah six one one ninety three candidates i believe about six two right around 200 pounds Oh, sorry, Michael Jaquette, that is. Then you also have uh, Darren Evans uh, signed as a free agent after the draft. He's 6'3", but 174 out of LSU. So the Giants do have some long guys, which I think does suggest we're going to see quite a, quite a bit of man coverage out of them, you know, press man coverage. And that can be very effective. Hopefully that will play to their strengths as corners, and they will be able to find a path to the field. With the with the final roster, it's just the problem is if you're playing man coverage and you screw up, the opportunity is there for a huge play for the defense. Or sorry, a huge play for the offense. And that's the issue too. Kennedy was a six round pick by Baltimore back in 2016. But I remember Kennedy had this rep against DJ Moore last year. He was playing outside cornerback, which is obviously important. And DJ Moore did such a good job. This is when he was with Dallas. DJ Moore did such a good job selling the inside stem, but then he just pivots off the inside foot and Kennedy over pursued. And I feel like that's something that he does a little bit too often. And he tried to grab with his outside arm, with his hips fully turned basically towards the goalpost. So he's completely out of position. He holds DJ Moore. He gets beat and then he falls down. And DJ Moore is standing in the end zone waiting for Sam Darnold to throw the touchdown for like three full seconds. Like it was just a really, really poor balanced effort by Kennedy. And it's not like he, he didn't care, but it's just sometimes with him, I felt like he would try to over anticipate, which can be a good thing, but it leaves you incredibly susceptible to these types of double moves. So that's one of my issues with that. I came away with, with Kennedy. And in terms of Jaquette, he had some solid reps against DeAndre Hopkins when the Philadelphia Eagles played the Cardinals last year, but then he ended up getting beat by D hop. But what are you going to do in in those situations? It was like a one-on-one jump ball situation. He was in solid position. D hop pushed off a little bit, made a contested catch for a touchdown. If you can play solidly for most of the game against DeAndre Hopkins, I would sign up for that 10 times out of 10. Even if he does give up, you know, one little touchdown here and there, but just off the little bit of film that I did see, it didn't seem like, 
it seemed like him and Kennedy are probably around the same type of skill set. If Kennedy can be a little bit more patient, I would probably trust him a little bit more than maybe a Jaquette, but still there's not a huge sample size here. Yeah, and I think that is the concern with the Giants. Just there isn't a whole lot of tape available on these guys. So we we just don't really know what to expect. Yeah, can they step forward? Can these guys be you know, finds out there at the cornerback position. And, you know, the maybe the depth isn't as worrisome as we fear it might be. On the other hand, yeah, do the Giants just have Adoree Jackson and a bunch of Sam Beal and Montre Hardages out there, which Oof. is kind of what they rolled into you know, 2019 with. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the uh, issue, and I wanted to go over Jaquette and Kennedy because those guys, I mean, they could probably play some slot, but those guys might figure to be the backups to Aaron Robinson along with the 2021 training camp breakout star, I guess you could say, in Rodarius Williams, who ended up tearing his ACL last season. He played for the first couple weeks. I think he got hurt in week five against Dallas, and what are we supposed to expect from a six round pick coming off of a serious injury in Rodarius Williams? And I just feel like when we think about Rodarius Williams, if an injury does happen, he might be one of those prime guys that has to step up. And that's just the sad reality. And this is no knock on Rodarius Williams, but it is what it is. That's a sad reality of the depth on this giant secondary right now. And again, not to reiterate, but a secondary that needs to be successful in order for this defense to be maximized. Yes, yeah, so much of this defensive philosophy is built on executing aggressive coverages well. You, know, you need you need the cornerbacks to hold up on the outside in man coverage so you can have that eighth defender to use as a blitzer with a with a cover one defense so you can create these exotic looks while devoting as few players to coverage as you can. Yeah, this is also, I was thinking about this earlier today. This is kind of also my concern with the defensive tackle position because, uh, yes, Leonard Williams is, is good. Dexter, Dexter Lawrence is, I think, underrated by a lot of Giants fans. But the nose tackle position, it, those guys don't get a lot of love. They don't get highlight reels made of them. They don't get a whole lot of regard or recognition for their play. But having the guy there to eat up blocks makes everybody else's life so much easier. It just gives them a bunch of one-on-one or free runs into the backfield. It's kind of the same thing with the cornerbacks, where if you can get guys locked up on an island one-on-one, that makes everybody else's life so much easier. And it gives the pass rushers more time. It cuts down on the amount of field a linebacker has to defend and it also frees up that extra safety to either blitz or help out the linebackers in coverage so there is just so much riding on these cornerbacks and them a staying healthy and then b executing well when they're on the field yeah if someone would have asked me right now chris what is the re- if the Giants were be- were to be bad? What is the reason the Giants would be bad? My first answer would be because they can't cover on the back end. 
And that, that's the entire roster. I think that would still be my first answer. And you're talking about a lot of, you know, deep questions with a new coaching staff coming in. You have Daniel Jones, but I still think that this secondary could be one of the biggest liabilities for the 2022 Giants. Yes. And I- I don't want to speak ill of Julian Love and Xavier McKinney because I I really like both of those players, but I think the questions can be extended to the safety position as well. But that's a question. Those are questions we'll talk about in another podcast. It's just the potential is there for this secondary to play well. They've got a lot of young guys and there are opportunities for those young guys to step up and really establish themselves in the NFL. Also the opportunity with a lot of young guys without a lot of tape for them to screw up and give up game breaking plays to the opposing offense. And with defensive backs, attrition is always a concern. Teams go through a ton of DBs yet cornerbacks, especially just nature of the position. You've got guys playing backwards who are just thoroughbred athletes and even the least little thing can take either take them off the field or degrade their effectiveness yeah and we have the two udfas too who will attempt to make the roster i mean there's a chance for them to make the roster and darren evans and zion gilbert i mean their film it it didn't jump out when, when i watched it when the giants first signed them darren evans i appreciate his length zion gilbert a little bit more maybe of a zone type of guy down there at fau but he can still execute man assignments but the fact that the giants are really weak at the cornerback position leaves opportunity for these players to make the roster but chris i really kind of want to focus on the nickelback spot at the moment because we, we talked a lot about these outside players. We mentioned Darnay Holmes. I'm not as optimistic that he can play on the outside with his overall lack of size and length, but I have a lot of respect for Darnay Holmes because I think pound for pound, he is incredibly, incredibly tough. And I also think he has really, really good athletic ability to cover. He gets a little bit grabby here and there, but you know, that's, that's something that's going to happen. Like I mentioned before, you have Khalil Dorsey, and then you have Cordell Flott, who I do believe will find the field in year one, despite the fact that he's like 170 freaking pounds. But what do you feel or how confident are you, Chris, in the nickelback spot right now? I feel like the, the nickelback slot is kind of like an extension of my concerns, my thoughts, my comfort level with the outside corners. Yet there are guys who between Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott, and Dorsey, who can, they can step up. Those guys can play. You know, Darnay Holmes, he is definitely very tough, very smart. I'm curious to see what his fit will be in the Wink Martindale scheme with just a more aggressive, uh, just coverage philosophy. You know, Will he be able to, hang with slot receivers when he's manned up almost every play or are we are we going to see like with the Ravens last year where Martindale is forced to play more cover three more cover four more just regular cover two not even a two-man type scheme and you know will it be because guys like Darnay Holmes aren't able to execute the two man or the cover one schemes that Martindale loves so much. And then Cordell Flott, man, he is, 
he is absolutely a gamer. He nobody ever told him he was little, but that it, that does kind of show up on occasion. He's got great feet, great hips, super competitive. The only problem is that he is just going to get outsized at the NFL level. The question is whether or not he will let that matter. Yeah, he's going to – the size could be an issue in terms of his weight. He needs to add a little bit more bulk, a little bit more muscle. In terms of the nickelback spot, I mean, I think you could do worse than having Flott and Darnay Holmes compete for that position. But the fact that the secondary as a whole I think will suffer will also hurt the nickelback position. And I also think it's interesting that we have this defensive coordinator, and, and most defensive coordinators are like this, is they like to use a lot of different personnel packages. When you draft someone like a Dane Belton, I think you're going to see a lot of – Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, and Dane Belton on the field all at one time. Maybe sometimes you'll even incorporate Jerron Williams into that situation, who is now technically a safety, but I still think he can play nickel back. I think Dane Belton can play nickel back. Julian Love has proved that he can play nickel back. So I think the creative use of the safety, which we'll talk about a little bit on the next podcast, could also steal snaps away from some of these cornerbacks because some of these guys have cornerback backgrounds. Do you think that tracks at all? Yes, absolutely. I think we are going to see. Uh, I think we're going to see Julian Love. I think we're going to see Jaron Williams. I think we'll see Dane Belton used all over the field. And I would not be at all surprised. Uh, I, I believe the Giants will be in a nickel, some kind of nickel package, just about every single snap on defense. But I would not be at all surprised if we see quite a bit of dime packages out there as well, where we have a Darnay Holmes or a Cordell Flott out there covering the slot but then also have three safeties on the field just because we have, as we talked about in our last podcast questions about the linebacker position. So we could see Dane Belton out there as basically a pseudo linebacker. I think that is something that we will see a decent amount of. We saw a little bit with Patrick Graham and his utilization of Jabril peppers. And I think we're going to see that with Wink Martindale. And I think it's something that you're seeing all across the National Football League right now is these hybrid linebacker safeties, guys who are not liabilities and run support, but can still drop into coverage and play a little bit of man coverage on certain body types, big wide receivers, tight ends, and things of that nature. But Chris, do you have anything else here on the Giants cornerback room? Yeah, I think we've covered about as much as we can without bleeding over into our next podcast about the safeties. And well, we've got to leave some stuff for future Chris and future Nick. That's true. All right. Works out for me. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please leave a comment and subscribe. Tell us that you hate us, whatever, but leave a five-star review. That would be great. And head on over to BigBlueView.com for all of your favorite New York Giants content. Take care, everybody, and have a lovely day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd Call mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.